ideas and new technology are causing seismic shifts in the media industry. Where are we headed? What does it mean? Keep listening. Media strategist Gabriella Mirabelli talks with the brightest minds in entertainment and business. Meet the innovators, the risk takers, and the disruptors on the front lines of change from Hollywood, Wall Street, Silicon Valley, and beyond. The future is coming to a screen near you. Are you ready? This is the Up Next podcast with Gabriella Mirabelli. Welcome to Up Next. I'm your host, Gabriella Mirabelli. This month, Ypulse, the leading authority on Gen Z and millennial opinions and behaviors, has just released their deep dive trend report on how Gen Z is feeling, the forces that shape them, and what it all means for brands looking to connect with this generation. Mary Lee Bliss, Ypulse's VP of Content, is here to discuss what Ypulse's research can tell us. Mary Lee, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. One of the things that a lot of marketers have to wrap their heads around and really work to remember is that the world of Gen Z and what they're growing up in is really different from the world that a lot of these marketing professionals are in. And this happens sometimes, the cultural bedrock shifts. Boomers came of age during you know, civil rights in Vietnam and let it all hang out, whereas their parents were children of the Depression, World War II, and keep it all inside. Um, so Gen Z is coming of age in another sea change where their sense of personal security and stability is not guaranteed post 9-11, post Great Recession, school shootings. Uh, and this insecurity is global, the pandemic, climate change. And plus, because they're digital natives and their level of connectedness with the rest of the world is pervasive and constant, it sort of amplifies things. What is global feels local, feels personal. And so you at Y-Pulse looked at how all these things come together and what this nexus, this crucible has formed for this generation and, and what it means for brands. Before we jump into the study itself, can you give us the top line about the population you surveyed, the methodology you used, and margin of error? Absolutely. So uh, the Y-Pulse Gen Z and Brands report is really looking at data from a wealth of our resources. We really wanted to provide our readers with a, a, an all-encompassing, but also kind of starting point in terms of who this generation is. And so we pulled in data from our behavioral and trend reports, uh, which survey each survey 1,013 to 39-year-olds in the U.S. and are nationally representative. And we also included data from our brand tracker, which monitors young consumers' affinity for over 400 brands. It's a uh, actually field the daily um, and collects over 100,000 interviews a year um, among 13 to 39 year olds. So um, what we're really doing is weaving all of the information that we collect across all of our resources together to paint a picture of Gen Z, um, which we define as those born between 2001 and 2019, which in this data makes them 13 to 19 years old, um, overall makes them two to 19 years old. Uh, turning 20 this year. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, for any data point in the in the survey, you're looking at a very small margin of error, of about 3%. The big surveys you do reach 39-year-olds. So if we were to just hive out that Gen Z population group, what's the survey populate? What's the number surveyed there? <laughs> Yeah, depending on the survey, you're looking at around 250 to 300 okay. um, respondents for okay. the 13 to 19 range. So pretty, so robust. Yeah, absolutely. 
Now, the last time we spoke, we talked about diversity and inclusion and young consumers' expectations, and this included that older 39, you know, up to 39 years old. Um, But when we isolate things to Gen Z, this generation, where do they feel issues of diversity and inclusion fall with regard to a brand's purview? Well, Gen Z is absolutely driven by their diversity. It is one of the elements of their demographic that infiltrates nearly everything that they do in terms of uh, the media that they choose, the brands that they choose, their expectations of marketing and media. Um, it, It cannot be overstated how important it is. They are the most diverse generation to date. And diversity and inclusion is is incredibly important to them as a generation. Um, So when it comes to the ads that they're looking at, the majority of both BIPOC and white, um, non-Hispanic young consumers, uh, Gen Z consumers, believe that brands have a responsibility to represent all races and ethnicities in marketing and communication. Um, And they want brands to make an effort to do so, the majority of them. So, you know, it's something that they're looking for. They're looking for representation, just as millennials did. Um, But what the difference is, is that Gen Z is even more diverse and it's so much more fundamental to them um, as an expectation. So, so really back up, we see it, this is a trend that's increasing. So you need to get with the program and it also can be manifest in a lot of ways. Recently, there was an issue around cultural appropriation and TikTok. Can you explain what happened? Absolutely. Actually, this is something that continues to come up um, on social media and it has become a real um, call out for Gen Z um, who are really making it clear that appropriation is not something that they will stand for. Um, So one example is that uh, Addison Rae, who was the second highest um, most followed person on TikTok, she was actually just uh, overtaken by uh, Kabi Lame, who is uh, actually a BIPOC young consumer. Anyhow, so she appeared on the uh, Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon and uh, presented some dances that were trending on the app. But dances are a huge part of TikTok dance challenges. Um, unfortunately, what Addison Ray and the show neglected to do was actually credit the black young creators who choreographed those dances, who were the reason that they went viral in the first place. Mm. Um, so there was a huge backlash against that segment um, with young consumers calling out the show. And actually the show did um, have a segment follow-up where they interviewed the actual creators um, and had them on. Um, but, but this kind of thing has continued. In fact, um, there was just just a, a, a kind of movement on TikTok a few weeks ago, um, and it's, it's continuing to an extent, um, where Black creators said that they were going on strike, um, refusing to create a dance for um, Megan Thee Stallion's most recent hit. Um, you know, it was kind of expected that there would be some dance challenge, uh, but they went on strike. And a lot of the videos under that audio, under the audio of her track, were actually about the fact that they were not going to provide content that then would be appropriated by white creators and who would then get credit. So it is being called out in a lot of ways. And the majority of Gen Z, 76%, say that cultural appropriation is a problem in the U.S. Um, And they're seeing it kind of all around them happening over and over again, and they're calling it out. 
Jimmy Fallon's show, they corrected for it. Was that correction acceptable? Did did people say, okay, that you you made a correction, you did the wrong thing, but then you fixed it up? Well, anytime we see a brand make a huge misstep or have, <laughs> you know a scandal, the number one thing that we know young consumers want is an apology and a, an acknowledgement of what was done wrong. Um, this is consistent throughout our surveys. They want public acknowledgement of the wrongdoing and a statement about what's going to be done to correct it. They are rather forgiving, Gen Z and millennials. Um, so, you know, they're they're willing to, you know, give people second chances, but they do want the apology. Um, and ultimately, the show in essence, did do that. Um, however, I think there's, there is a little bit of, uh, too little, too late, or, you know, um, why, why couldn't you have done it in the first place? Right. Uh, and, and so for, for all brands, media brands, anyone who has marketing on social media, which really should be any brand who's trying to reach young consumers, creditation is so important. Mm-hmm. And we see this happen you know, in the fashion industry as well, where, um, you know, young artists and designers are, you know, have their designs borrowed, um, or used as inspiration without creditation. And well, there's also a fair amount of cultural appropriation, re repurposing or making exotic. We're going to take this Chanel dress and we're going to put it with these, this tribe in Africa. And you think, uh, human as prop and cultural appropriation is something that that this generation is attuned to and they are you know willing and able to share their views on that in a way that previous generations weren't you know their ability to broadcast their their thoughts to mm-hmm. galvanize and to publicly call out brands that are doing things incorrectly wrong um you know, it's, it's really unparalleled. So, you know, that shouldn't be the reason that brands do things right. The reason that brands should do things right is because it's the right thing to do. However, um, they, everyone should know that, that young consumers, Gen Z in particular, they are paying attention. They want to be credited for their work. And so if you are working with young creators, you know, spotlight the the ones who started it, give credit, um, you know, tag people, but, but even better pay them for their work. Um, this is a huge issue across so many different industries, um, and elements of marketing that really, um, you know, can't continue the way that it has been. And and young consumers are increasingly, I think, sensitive to it and unwilling to uh, let it go unnoticed. Right. It's part and parcel with authenticity, right? You know, these are the authentic creators. Let's pay them. Let's recognize them. Let's also reflect the real world in which we live in. And it can go beyond the who is in an ad or something else. This generation has opinions about Photoshop and filters, doesn't it? Sure. Gen Z wants to see real people. They want to see unfiltered versions of the world because they've grown up kind of watching Instagram and the hyper filtered and curated (laughs) curated world there. And they're quite aware of the impacts that that can have on self-esteem. They are attracted to platforms that allow for some more unfiltered, you know, let's be honest, it's not completely unfiltered on TikTok either, but it's a little bit 
more real and unfiltered there. So they're certainly attracted to platforms where they're able to see and share things that are a little bit less constructed. But when it comes to marketing, over half of Gen Z say that brands using Photoshop is negative, a negative thing. That's compared to 35% of millennials. So when we're looking at Gen Z particularly, they really want content from brands that feels like something they would produce themselves that feels like something that's not over-processed because they are really looking for, first of all, things that feel like what they would see on their feeds, right? So things that feel organic and aren't disrupting the flow of the content that they're seeing. But also they just are tired (laughs) of the over-glossed and uh, over-perfected kind of imagery that they've, they've grown up with. People are attracted to beautiful things and it would be so interesting to see what sell throughs uh, look like on some of this stuff. It sounds like brands need to walk this line between authentic warts and all and airbrush that some airbrushing is probably acceptable. It's not really noticeable as long as it feels authentic, not overproduced, not too glossy. Um, Would that be fair to say? They just need well, to make sure they dial it back or is, I mean, is it we've certain, seen a, or is it certain brands of, it works and certain brands it doesn't? We've seen a lot of brands who are specifically targeting Gen Z and have been incredibly successful with this generation make promises that they won't be Photoshopping anymore. Aries oh, is one example. Right. It's uh, taking a stance on it. And, and being public about the fact that they're going to embrace an authentic and real representation of young people going forward. And part of this is about inclusion. Inclusivity is, is vital to Gen Z, and they are the most diverse generation to date. That doesn't just mean that they're diverse when it comes to their race and ethnicity. It also means they're diverse when it comes to their sexual orientation, and uh, they want to see representation that is uh, inclusive of body size and more ability, just really all different aspects of their personalities and their identities they want to see, that inclusion really does impact then the kinds of images that they want to see. And if you're being inclusive, that generally means that you're not going to Photoshop something to uh, to look like a, a doll <laughs> right. in every image that's not inclusive. Right. So to sum up how brands who are targeting Gen Z need to think about diversity and the key takeaways, inclusion is a need to have, not a nice to have. Diversity is more than skin deep. And it's also more than one month a year. Um, Diversity and inclusion could be put into a cause category. What are some of the other causes that this generation cares about? Absolutely. Causes are a huge driver for Gen Z. They expect that brands will participate, that brands will speak out, not just on uh, you know some issues, but on the, all the issues that matter most to them, which are hot button issues. And when we look at the causes that Gen Z cares about and then the top causes that they want brands to get involved with, there are complete parallels. And so brands need to, who are wanting to you know, resonate with Gen Z, need to be be willing to take a stance on some of the the more intense and serious issues that are dominating their worlds and their thoughts. The top ones that they care about are COVID-19 right now, of course, Black Lives Matter. Still still COVID? 
still oh, COVID? Absolutely. You okay. know, they're still dealing with COVID-19 in their lives when it comes to school oh, right. and their families. Vaccinations are not a universal thing across the U.S. in terms of majority of, of people having access to them or being willing to get them. So yes, COVID-19 is still a top cause they care about. Black Lives Matter and racism, um, LGBTQ discrimination and gender equality and sexism. Those are the top that they care about. When we look over at the top causes they want brands to get involved in, mm. COVID-19 is at the top. Racism, Black Lives Matter, LGBTQ discrimination, and then sexual harassment abuse. The parallels are incredibly clear. They are you know, near identical. And they they really do want brands to, to speak up on these the more serious issues. Hmm. That's interesting because we think about, you know, certainly marketers of an older generation, there are certain things you don't get involved in. That's you, you stay neutral, you're a business. And so it's, it's really flipping that on its head and and understanding where you're waiting in there. One of the elements, and you touched on it earlier about this generation is their connectivity and their use of social media. And it really mediates their world. And people, I think, think they understand it, but it's worth hammering home how important social media is to this generation. How many hours are they using social media a day? So again, this is about context. You know, when we think about the different ways that brands need to approach different generations, the context of how they grew up and the context of what is their norm is is different for every generation and changes the way that all brands need to think about them and approach them. And this is a really clear one. Gen Z has grown up in social media, quite literally in it. Mm-hmm. Um, millennials grew up alongside of it and Gen Z, uh, Gen X learned, you know, social media when they were <laughs> older, you know, before, it wasn't part of their childhoods. Right. Gen Z is growing up on social media from the sonogram that their parents post to their first experiences in digital platforms. You know, virtual worlds are social media um, mm-hmm. and young, young people are spending tons of time in them. But also when we ask millennial parents, the majority in 70 something percent of millennial parents say that their children are on social media, some, some form of social media mm-hmm. and their children are young. They are uh, under, under 12 years old, the majority of them. So mm-hmm. Gen Z is growing up on social and they're spending more time there than any generation. When we look at their self-estimated amount of time that they're spending on social media, Gen Z tells us that they are spending four and a half hours a day on social media. That's compared to millennials, about 3.8 hours on average. That's a tremendous, Um, that's a tremendous number, especially when you think how people actually tend to underestimate things like that. So it's sure. it's likely more than that. They're in this swim all the time. Is this, would it be fair to say that this is how they discover everything? I would say absolutely. That's <laughs> fair to say. One of the reasons that Gen Z is spending more time on social media than any other generation, besides the fact that it has just become so much a part of their everyday uh, activity and world, is that it's where they are getting their entertainment more than mm-hmm. previous generations, and also where they're getting their, their information and their news more than previous generations. Video content especially is, is vital to reaching Gen Z and video well, content on social. That was one of the things. Consuming. 
that's one of the things I thought was interesting. A few years back, Facebook eviscerated digital publications because of some inflated numbers around video. It was the pivot to video, but the numbers weren't quite what Facebook said they were, but you've done the work and you know what this generation likes and video is, is huge for them. And one of the things, and I had to read this stat several times to be like, am I reading this correctly? TV versus social. Yes. Can, can you share that stat? Because that just floored me. Absolutely. So our media consumption monitor, which surveys young consumers about what screens they're watching, the sources they're getting their video content entertainment from, um, and more on a quarterly basis, asks where are you watching video content weekly? And we provide a range of options from, of course, cable uh, to the various streaming platforms, Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, et cetera, Disney Plus now, of course. And we include social media platforms. When we look at how many young consumer, like Gen Z consumers are watching social media videos weekly, that, that number has now surpassed the number who watch TV shows weekly. So mm-hmm. 70% of 13 to 19 year olds are watching social media, media videos on a weekly basis versus 66% who watch TV shows. So they are just consuming more entertainment on social media than they are on television. And I quite honestly could see this growing on the social media side. Well, and so if you're placing ads, if you're a brand and you're making a media buy, you're placing ads, this is something to think about. This is really, this is, this is important. Um, This is vital. In fact, we've been asked, oh, how should our television ads, you know, maybe look to capture Gen Z? Um, Should, should should be on TV? (laughs) Exactly. Social media videos on TV and our responses, they're not going to see it if it's on TV. They're they're going to see it on their phones, which is their top screen. Right. And so if they're on social so much, how important are influencers? Influencers are incredibly vital to reaching Gen Z. They are more likely to be following influencers, online celebrities and creators than millennials by far. So when we ask about who they follow on social networks, besides their friends and family, online celebrities and creators are the number one response for Gen Z with 56% saying that they follow um, influencers on social media versus 38% of millennials. There were kind of questions about how uh, how strong the influencer marketing economy would be post-COVID. And we actually found that the number of Gen Z who follow influencers increased during COVID. It did not decrease because they were looking for connection. They were looking for representation of what they were going through and they were isolated and lonely and they wanted more connection, not less. Well, in looking, because there are so many, you know, what an influencer is, how many followers did, did you parse it any more finely so that if I'm looking, if I'm a brand and I'm looking to partner with an influencer, where should I be zeroing in? Yeah, it's a great question. When we ask about influencers and celebrities, which we have a a report about every year, a survey on every year, Um, consistently what we have found for Gen Z is that they are most likely to say the number of followers that an influencer has doesn't matter to them. 
So it's not about following the person that has the most popularity to them. It's about finding the people who resonate with them, who who look like them, who have interests that they have. Mm. Um, this is why online celebrity is so incredibly fragmented, right? Because there are so it's many the diversity and inclusion. It's exactly. it's I want to look, I want to find somebody and follow somebody who looks like me, and that there are so many different flavors of me. Exactly. Out so 75% of Gen Z tell us that when it comes to online celebrities, it doesn't matter how many followers someone has to make them trust that person or like that person. And that's compared to 61% of millennials. So follower account matters a little bit more to, to millennials. Gen Z, um, not so much. Wow. Another thing for brands to understand, and this is a mindset shift, is about how this generation thinks about games. Social media might be entertainment, but games, they're more than that. Can you explain what that means? Yeah. You know, gaming is, I think, still to this day, despite the fact that Gen X grew up gaming and millennials grew up gaming, and now Gen Z has grown up gaming, still underestimated by so many brands. That is changing, but for so long has been seen as, first of all, just young males, which is absolutely untrue, especially when it comes to Gen Z. We see that the majority of Gen Z play video games in some capacity, 94%. 93% of Gen Z females play video games in some capacity. So there are some basic assumptions I think many brands make about who a gamer is or who's playing games that really need to be debunked overall and then especially debunked for Gen Z. And then when it comes to Gen Z's approach to gaming, because they've grown up in an era of mobile gaming, of gaming that is not just about consoles, but also about online worlds that um, allow them to socialize, you know, think Fortnite, think games that are multiplayer, but also entire universes, Roblox, and other games that allow them to just play and create their own kind of experience within them. They have a different idea of what qualifies as a game, but also what gaming provides to them. And it's not just entertainment for Gen Z. For so many of this generation, games are an escape from reality, but also a stress relief. 45% of Gen Z say a main reason that they play video games is to relieve stress. This ties to the fact that they are the most anxious generation and they're always looking for ways to um, relieve that stress. And gaming is one of those ways for them. And that's a perfect segue into our last question, which is a bit more freewheeling. And there's a lot of depressing things that have happened to this generation in their formative years. And they are this super anxious generation. And you found that it didn't only have an impact on what they want to do to relieve that, but some of their life goals and behaviors. Can, can you share a little bit on that? Absolutely. Gen Z is a post-crisis generation. We, we call that one of their biggest drivers. They have lived through two economic crises, um, a global pandemic, and many other um, hardships at young ages. And it has made them incredibly anxious. They're more anxious. They're more stressed out than, than millennials when we look at the data. But it also has made them really have a strong desire to control their own futures and their own opportunities. So we actually, in the last year, have seen the number of Gen Z who want to work for a startup or embrace entrepreneurialism. 
and start their own business someday increase significantly because they have seen the instability that what was once considered a stable job at a big company would have been a, a guaranteed future in the minds of millennials and, and Gen X. But after the pandemic and they grew up in the shadow of the Great Recession, they've seen giant companies toppled by some of these things. And so really their point of view is that they need to, to really make their own success. In addition, we've seen the fact that they grew up in the shadow of the Great Recession impact their their shopping and their brand choices. You know, they're practical minded. And when it comes to the top retail brands among this generation, when we look at our brand data, you would expect maybe for it to be brands like Supreme and kind of the flashier things, but it's really not. The top retail brands are Amazon, Walmart, Target, you know, places where they're able to find deals and product dupes and these kinds of retail outlets that might not seem glamorous, but they actually do have strong affinity for because of of the environment that they grew up in. This has been so great and so interesting. Thank you so much for your time. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. We've reached the end of another episode of Up Next, and I'd like to close by thanking my production team at Up Next, my friend Rob Naughton, the voice artist who recorded our open, and of course, all of you, the members of our audience. Thank you. I'll be talking to you again next time right here on Up Next.